This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Another Dolphins Podcast. And let me be the first to welcome you to the first Victory Monday of 2023. Joshua Houts, how does that sound? Music to my ears. I mean, I was hoping. I actually thought about that earlier today. I was like, yo, we need to get on there and talk about this being the first Victory Monday. And it feels so good, man, to get that first victory. And hopefully there's many more to come. So I'm doing good. Get to talk Dolphins football after an awesome win. How have you been, man? It's always great knowing that in about 24 hours, we'll see that the Miami Dolphins elevator just has some random player on it, Josh. So let me ask you that. Who do you think, looking at a great performance from the Miami Dolphins on Saturday against the Houston Texans, 28-3 to road victory for the Dolphins. So Joshua, who is going to be on that elevator if you had to guess? Man, if I had to guess, I mean, you could probably go Skylar Thompson if you wanted, right? Three touchdowns look pretty darn good, but I was going to say David Long Jr. He was the guy who I kind of joked on the last podcast. I was like, yo, man, I want to see him, but is he even playing? And he went out there and you saw him playing. So I'll go with David Long Jr. Who do you think? Just for that big hit? Because, I mean, he, he wasn't out there too, too long. I think maybe 15, 20 snaps. But, I mean, he he looked – that hit looked like it could have been through a dude to tackle another dude. That's how hard it was. Yeah, it looked like a, Landon, a faster Landon Roberts almost the way he shot that gap. So, um, you're talking me into the Skylar Thompson, um, the Skylar Thompson elevator door. So, I'll go with that. What, what do you got? My personal elevator door would have David Long on it. I guess that's what I should have said. I respect that. I, I think that, that it'd be the flashy one, and I, I totally get that. You have the WWE – belt behind you i mean like it's your thing how about just to make myself sound a little ridiculous you know i spent a whole week hyping up miles gaskin he doesn't come out and play and as a result Salvan ahmed has a 60 yard run 12 total carries for 99 yards and then another four receptions on four targets for 32 yards and a tutty josh this running back room is looking bananas, uh, whether it's Ahmed, whether it's Raheem Mostert, six for 30. This is a group that's going to be pretty special. And you can see why they might have, you know, you don't want to spend way too much on a Delvin Cook. You can see the benefit, but uh, these guys look all right. Yeah, man, they look they look really good. I mean, they're just it seems like they're rushing the ball at will, right? I think they're third in the NFL this preseason now at rushing the football. And Salvin Ahmed, man, we went back on all our pods, Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed back and forth. Salvin Ahmed, man, he looked like a stud. I think he had, what, 99 rushing yards, um, had a play out of the backfield and pass catch, four catches, I believe, a touchdown. I mean, he was all over the place. So I think uh, Salvin Ahmed's a good point uh, for the elevator, Jake, and I think you made a great statement 
why the Dolphins weren't worried about the running back room. I mean, no matter who's back there this year, it seems like they have success running the football. Hell, Chris Brooks, I mean, that's another guy you're trying to figure out where he lands on this uh, roster. So, I don't know, man. They got some decisions to make, but Salvin Ahmed looked like a hell of a running back. And Devon H. and he's going to have to catch him on the depth chart, right? There's a fair chance that Saturday's game was the dress rehearsal, Josh. So for this podcast, I'm going to treat it like our uh, week one dress rehearsal here. And we're going to go 10 things we learned in week two of the preseason talking about the Miami Dolphins and Houston Texans. And Josh, to start us off at number one, I think it's safe to say Tua Tungavaloa played like him self in what was kind of a unique performance that kind of fits the two of bill i I don't want to start and sound like a hater but two is known to have that occasional throw into a linebacker's gut and that's kind of how this game started right first play of the game interception uh came back bounced back looked great uh five from six five of six the rest of the way for 61 yards uh Overall, man, you have to like what you saw from Tua. It was great to see him back out on the field for the first time in roughly uh, eight months. Yeah, and the way he bounced back, I mean, he felt that pressure, right? That was the first throw he had in how since that Green Bay game, right, on uh, Christmas. I mean, uh, his first pick, it's thrown. And did you see ESPN on the little ticker? The, Dolphins Twitter was going crazy about it, man. It said, um, in parentheses, you know, first pass attempt. Like, it, it had to specify who had threw a pick on his first pass attempt. But the way he bounced back and handled himself, you can see the control he has in that offense, man, that drive. I think you mentioned it. What was it, a 14-play, 93-yard drive on the second possession, the way they bounced back. Um Nearly had a safety, right? I mean, I don't know if we'll talk about Connor oh Williams, but dude, he keeps sailing those things into the freaking – he's eating them back there. But uh, the way they bounced back and drove down the field at will pretty much all game, and then that second possession most importantly, I liked what I saw. I do think we have to pat ourselves on the back, though, for the dress rehearsal because there was some back and forth. We weren't sure. It does seem like this might have been the dress rehearsal, but, hey, he threw that interception. Maybe they want to see him go out there and not do that next week. But I think we should uh, bubble wrap these guys, little giant style. I completely agree. And to speak to the bubble wrapping, Josh, I tweeted this out. And as I read it back to myself, I felt like I kind of sounded like a jerk, but I promise I didn't mean it to be. And that was saying, what an excellent fall by Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, There was one play, there was pressure coming in. He got hit. He rolled to his side. He put the elbow out, man. I, it sounded so sarcastic to say, but dude, it looks like he learned how to fall at least a little better. This, I don't know if this is something you can overreact to in the preseason, if this is just a preseason fall compared to a regular season fall. But man, uh, it was pretty relieving to see him take that hit, be pretty calm, cool, and embrace it and be totally okay. Yeah, you're definitely a jerk for that. How dare you? <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> I mean, it's funny though. I mean, I remember doing cut-ups back when Tua was a rookie, him just like standing up on the bench and sidelines and stuff. And now we got Dolphins Twitter, you know, doing these things where you got Tua literally falling. And you're absolutely right, man. There's cut ups of it. You know, someone's, I'd probably slow mo it, make it like uh, all dramatic. <laughs> yes. and sh- what should we do? The Titanic music? I've gotten so many copyright uh, things oh for that, God. but I could do that. I think I will do my, yeah, I have to because if I don't, then someone else will do it. So yeah, exactly. remind me of this because that's perfect. But yeah, it was nice to see him fall and um, hopefully that can prevent him from getting hurt throughout the year and we can see what a full season of two time below looks like because i think um it would be pretty damn special yeah you really saw the blackjack dealer that we all wanted out of Tua. i still go back man to that one game against the panthers in 2020 where he was just connecting on every single throw and it really didn't matter who was on the receiving end uh this was a group that was without jalen waddle but overall it was still a very functional, very comfortable operation here from the first team offense. And Josh, I don't think you could have asked for much more. And to kind of compare it to practice, you know, 
throw an interception on the first play, cool. It's great to see him respond that way. I'm not saying that, you know, it's good that he threw an interception, but I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to say too much about that. And I joke about it a little bit, but Tua is good for one, you know, ball into a linebacker's chest every once in a while. It just kind of comes with the territory. Yeah, it's just something he becomes a, has done. I think, you know, every every single game there's that one throw that Tua makes where you're just like, damn, dude. Please, please <laughs> like, like, please don't do that. But we talked about the running game and how awesome it looked with Sal Knock, Mad Mostert. We talked now about the passing game. What about that offensive line, Jake? I don't mean to get out of order here, but I mean, we no, got to give no. them their flowers, right? I mean, regardless of who was in there, I mean, Tua wouldn't have been able to do what he did. They wouldn't have been able to drive down the field, have success running the football if it wasn't for that offensive line. So shout out to all those guys that were out there. I mean, I think to me, Robert Jones going down, we're still, I believe we got a report now, right? Joe Shot, I think, had a source confirmed that he was uh it wasn't a serious injury there so mm-hmm. thank you for that but man it just seemed like that offensive line gave to a whichever quarterback skylar thompson time back there and opened up some pretty nice running lanes i mean i think devon Achain had a huge chunk of well like a 22 yard on third and 14 or something like that crazy um, salvin Ahmed was going crazy so shout out to that offensive line uh tyree kill braxton barrios both had receptions of at least 10 yards overall man this first team offense just looks real functional it looks like a group that uh might look a little different this year compared to next year, but overall a group that is explosive. And I think a big thing here, and we got to get out in front of this Miami was what Josh, I think six last year in terms of passing yards or or just uh, receiving yards in general. What's the difference? Um, Did anyone forget that Mike McDaniel was a run game coordinator in San Francisco? Because that is what we saw against the Houston Texans. Keep in mind, D'Amico Ryan is comfortable uh, or has all this experience going against Mike McDaniel. So to know that his bread and butter is that rushing attack, D'Amico Ryan has experience going against it. And the fact, Josh, he was still able to create a game plan that ran for 205 yards on 5.4 yards per carry. That was a different Miami Dolphins offense we saw on Saturday. Yeah, and we, I think that's kind of where we were so frustrated last year at times because this was uh, for the 49er. You know, he was a specialist with the run game, and at times he just kind of abandoned it. And I love the way he's kind of going out there in preseason and, you know, sticking to it. I mean, I know he's without Waddle, so maybe that tempts him a little bit to throw the football more. But mm-hmm. I loved how they, uh, you know, stuck with that run game, just how successful it was. I mentioned earlier, um, I think it said you mentioned 205 yards is the most in a Dolphins preseason game since at least 2017. I love how the official site puts at least 2017. Like, they're like, we're not even going to look any further than 2018. Yeah. We're just going to stop in 2017. And um, second most rushing yards this preseason combined, um, only behind LAC, who had 214. So, man, that running back unit, regardless of who it was, looked good. And, I mean, that wasn't the starting offensive line. I don't think Alec Ingold was out there, right? I mean, that offense is going to get even better. Where he most started the game for the Dolphins, and he was awesome on that touchdown drive. He had five rushes for 30 yards. Jeff Wilson Jr., he did not play. We mentioned it, Silvan Ahmed. He had the big run. Devon A-Chain, he looked great, six carries, 27 yards, but Josh, he's another guy that suffered an injury. I think the Dolphins said it was a shoulder, but I don't think we know too, too much outside of that. No, Twitter doctors, you know, the fantasy doctors that you always see, they're sitting there breaking down the different positions, but it sounds like it's a shoulder. We don't know how severe that is, but um, explosive is all hell, man. He looks so damn fast. And to wrap up this running back group, man, it is looking like an explosive bunch. You mentioned the actual thunder on this group, Chris Brooks. I've tried to compare people to Jonas Gray in the past in terms of this guy that everybody wanted to keep on the practice squad, keep him long. We need him. We can't let him go to another team. You mentioned it, go to another team and just have this massive impact. I don't want to compare Brooks to Jonas Gray because Jonas Gray actually had 
40 carries in the 2013 preseason, 107 rushing yards for 2.7 yards per carry. Um, Chris Brooks has been a lot, a lot better than that. On Saturday, he had 11 carries for 47 yards, 14 snaps. So he got the ball a lot when he was out there, Josh. Do the Dolphins really try to juggle this and maybe keep two, three running backs on the practice squad? Because, you know, you, you can't keep eight on that active roster. You can't, but they might try, right? They I mean, might try. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, man. I, I guess this is where an injury to Devon A-Chain or someone else may, you know, I don't want to say help these guys get a roster spot. But, I mean, if he's on the pup list to start the season or whatever it might be, you might be able to stash Chris Brooks. But, yeah, man, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. And it's a good problem to have, right? I love that you keep saying Jonas Gray. Every time you say that, I think of the Jonas brother. I don't know why. That's the first person I pictured him carrying the football, and then I remembered uh, the legend that was. But every year we get hyped about these guys. I'm the most guilty of it. I mean, I know everybody else has theirs too. But every preseason I fall in love with someone. I think it was Zaquandre White last. I, these running yep. backs do something for me. So this running back unit looks good. And, it again, you said it earlier in the pod. It, this gives you reason, and you can kind of see why the Dolphins didn't go out there and pay Dalvin Cook all that money. And, Josh, the one question we have about this group, though, that we haven't discussed yet, that running – or, excuse me, that wide receiver three battle for the Miami Dolphins. Josh, who is going to come away with it? Uh, looking at Saturday's game, Braxton Barrios scored a touchdown. He led the team with 33 receiving yards, three receptions on four targets. Salvan Ahmed was right there. They really tried to use the running backs in a lot of different ways to make sure they were involved And it's great to have this on film because you know what Tyreek Hill can do. You know what Jalen Waddle can do. And all of a sudden you have all these different directions the Dolphins can go to. And there's going to be little times throughout the season where they're a run heavy team and just kind of play the flavor of the month and hope um, they can just kind of keep defenses off balance all the way to a Super Bowl. I don't know. But Josh, who are you feeling could be this wide receiver three? I just mentioned Barrios, but does anyone else really stick out to you that might sneak up the ladder a little bit here with a couple weeks till the season? Yeah, I mean, yesterday before the game, I probably would have said Robbie Chosen, right? I mean, that's another guy that, at least from camp and from based on what we saw previously throughout his NFL career, is a solid receiver. I thought he would run away with that job. I call him the Space Power Ranger. So he's one of them. And then Eric Ezekoma, I mean, they continue to fabricate touches for him in this preseason. Mm -hmm. I mean, he looks like a star out there against some of those second and third stringers. So I could see him rising up, but I said before yesterday's game, but you just see Braxton Berrios every week, you know, being that – you don't want to say safety blanket, but he finds those spots in the zones. He came back on that Skylar Thompson touchdown. That was beautiful, man. I mean, I'm excited about what Braxton Berrios brings. So um, I'm going to say that Chosen Anderson will push him, but it's going to – sorry, did I mess that up? Robbie Chosen. Robbie Chosen will push him, and uh, but Braxton Berrios will end up being that guy. Unless they want to take the top off of defense with that speed, right? Then that's probably when we'll see a Robbie Chosen or Robbie Anderson or Chosen Anderson or – uh, said Wilson still floating around. He had two receptions on three targets. And I always man, forget him. <laughs> there's, there's so much film and you go back to him in Dallas where he was such a great receiver and there's so much potential. He can be ex so explosive, but man, it just seems like he's uncomfortable in Miami. It just seems like nothing's really able to connect in terms of him being that guy to be that uh, number three or even number four to get an opportunity to make a play. It just doesn't seem like everything is just walking in the same direction, I guess. Yeah, and he almost had a touchdown at the beginning of the game, I thought. He like just overthrew him barely. So um, I don't know what's going on with Cedric Wilson, man. I was hyped for him, you know, before the Tyree kills and all these other weapons they got. But at this point, I, I, you almost want to just eat that salary and just cut him, right? I mean, I, I don't know where his role is here, man. River Craycraft looks comfortable out there as well. So it will be tough. And, I mean, can Robbie Chosen make this team if he doesn't have a single reception in the preseason? 
That's that's tough. That's a tough question for me to answer. I saw someone say it's probably come down to him and Craycraft. And I mean, why would you get rid of Craycraft, who knows the offense so well? Special and, teams guy too, I think, right? And Craycraft. he's a Mike McDaniel. Yeah, and he's a Mike McDaniel guy, but I don't know, man. That's why I'm starting to back off the Robbie Chosen, but everyone, I'll have egg on my face. It, it happens every preseason. And, you know, just being that thousand-yard receiver, you see it, right? You, you see the flash and the opportunity of him being there, but man, yeah. The, the visor, the visor gets me too. That, and his crazy hair, like I just, that's, I, I love that stuff. The swag. Is that what the cool kids call it? The swag. I think, I think you got that right. So what would you go with, or what would you want to go with? I'll, I'll shoot this out here. I'll say wide receiver number three, Braxton Barrios, 70%. I'll say said Wilson, no, excuse me, Eric Azukama, 20%. And I'll give Robbie Chosen that 10% just being that vet where if he lights up the universe for a week, he'll make the team and nobody will think twice about it. Yeah, that, that seems about right. I mean, I'll, I'm going to try to be different. I was going to say 69 for Barrios, but that's way too close to what you said, 70. So we'll go uh, 60 for Barrios. And then what do I got here? Then 15 for, <laughs> then 15 for, um, Robbie chosen. So where am I at now? Six. Where, where am I at? You're at seventy-five. <laughs> so you got twenty-five percent to work with. That's Eric Azucoma. Yeah, like that. that. That's where I'm going. I actually like a one out of four chance of Eric Azucoma being that number three. He's going to have some opportunities, and there's going to be a week whether it's uh, you know best ball or, or just a fan duel lineup where he's going to go bananas maybe with two touchdowns. It might only be like seventy yards, four receptions, but he'll just make a guy miss or break a tackle that no one will really be expecting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We've already made it, Josh, to number five. The left guard position is really up for grabs. Liam Eichenberg did not play on Saturday. Robert Hunt suffered, or excuse me, Robert Jones suffered an injury. We don't think it's going to be too, uh, it's not going to impact him too much long term. But Josh, Isaiah Wynn, this is probably one of the most interesting things we've seen. He played 46 snaps for the Dolphins against the Texans. So what does that tell you? Tells me they want to see it, right? I mean, I... We talked about it before. We got pretty excited about Isaiah Wynn and what he might be able to do at guard. So um, the fact that the Dolphins are interested in what he can do right now, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't mean too much for Teron Armstead, right? We're past that. We're over that queasiness, or is that still lingering? But, I, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this offensive line can do based on what we've seen in the preseason because, um, you know, they're piecing these guys together, letting these guys try different positions. And through two games, they've looked pretty damn solid. So I think it says they think a lot about Isaiah Wynn and probably want to see where he's best at. But I think he's really competing for that starting left guard spot and um i think he could win it he allowed two pressures and a sack but like i said that was over 46 snaps and, and josh i think i completely agree if 
Robert Jones was out there competing, if Liam Eikenberg was out there competing, I think we could have the conversation about him maybe playing right tackle just so you can make sure you get one of those um, guards that have looked really, um, really strong out there on the field. But as of now, how things have shaken up, I really don't know if I'd move went off that guard spot just because the opportunities, I don't think Lester Cotton played um, the Jones injury. It just makes sense. You have that consistency there. Why not just stick with it? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm a fool and normally wait for the all 22 to drop to watch those trench battles and those type of things. That's when you get uh, those right up oh, in we're there. amateurs. Yeah, God forbid I talk about line before the all 22 comes out. Yeah, I always every time I talk about the offensive line, I feel just so nerdy and like I'm out of place and don't know exactly what I'm talking about. But I, we all saw that Connor Williams snaps, right? I mean, those things that that was pretty brutal, man. I've got a little egg in my face thinking that was nothing to worry. Maybe it's just the preseason thing. Maybe he he's accounting for like October weather in August and, and it will readjust as we get colder. I don't know. Another developing story, Josh, that I'm real interested in Julian Hill, an undrafted tight end. Does he have a shot to make this team? Josh, let me ask you that three receptions, 31 yards, 67.2 run blocking grade, which is not great, but it is pretty solid. When you look at Eric Saubert finishing with a 52, is this the underdog story of Camp, is this the acorn of Chris Greer's 2023 undrafted rookie class? It might be, and this might be that tight end we keep crying about, right? I mean, we've been crying about them getting a tight end in here. Well, I guess we were okay with Mike Kosicki for a little bit of the, during the gritty years. But, um, yeah, man, he's been impressive. I mean, I think he had more snaps, played more snaps than Elijah Higgins. Correct me if I'm wrong there. was targeted a decent amount. You could see him doing things in the run game as well So and in pass protection. So I, I think he could potentially be that. I guess I just – wonder if he's not a guy the Dolphins don't try to stash on the practice squad. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll see, man. But yeah, I'm kind of excited about Julian Hill and what that could become. And based on all the acorns we've seen and, you know, John Embry's success with some of these tight ends, who's to say no? What do you need to see out of Hill for him to have a shot? Because I think if the season started today, I think he'd still be a practice squad guy. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. But um, what, what would he have to do in that third preseason game? Maybe, uh, another four receptions, 40 yards and, and a tutty, and then maybe some solid blocking. Like he was good as a pass blocker. He wasn't as great as a run blocker. Uh, but I think if he shows some sort of spark, there's a shot, but practice squad just makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In the ideal world, it'd be the practice squad for sure. But yeah, man, he goes out there and, you know, looks like a bully in the run game, you know, pancakes someone on a long run and then goes out there and, and catches a deep touchdown, you know, down the seam or whatever. Next thing you know, he's he's got himself a roster spot, but it's just a, a feel good story, I guess. And when you need someone to step up in that room, um, if it has to be Julian Hill, so be it. So uh, I think it'd be I'd be OK to see him in the practice squad, but I hope he knows enough of the playbook. You know, he's got enough reps and if coaching staff has that much trust in him that maybe he could, you know, make that 53 man roster and push some of these guys. Because, I mean, Durham Smythe looks solid, right? Yeah, Durham Smythe fit right back in. He was great as a blocker. So, I mean, there, there's no argument there. He's going to be tight end one. But I do wonder if there's a world where they maybe try to keep all the running backs and maybe go with two tight ends and consider Alec Ingold as that tight end, even though fullback, it really doesn't make a difference what you want to call him. Just get into that roster number. Um, just because, I mean, Eric Saubert has really struggled. We need to see something out of him. I, I don't know if he's a lock to make the roster. Uh Tight end's going to be a really unique position because, I mean, Durham Smythe is about as consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him. Um, but that floor still seems like there's a little bit of variance on what this group can be. 
yeah, we still haven't seen it. And you hope the coaching staff's seen something because, I mean, for as hyped as we are about talking about Julian Hill right now and, you know, preseason, having to rely on him as, you know, maybe your tight end two or tight end three, you know, then that Difference might feel right. a little bit queasier. Yeah. So uh, Durham Smythe's clearly the guy and they have a lot of trust in what he can do. You know, and I think we do too as fans. We just want to see more of a pass catcher this year. Switching sides of the football, Josh, moving on to number seven. How about this for a stat? Josh, who was the genius that spent all offseason saying that the weakness to this Vic Fangio defense is running the football? You just got to run the football against those weak boxes. Well, how about the Houston Texans rushing the ball 14 times for 32 yards? How do those two things go hand in hand? How about that? I love it. Sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) This was maybe the most impressive thing, Josh, where I really felt the Dolphins looked like a team that was building towards the playoffs a team that feels like they're trying to compete for a Super Bowl compared to Houston. That's just trying to develop and find some bright spots. You saw, I think, depth on all three levels where uh, there's defensive tackles. You have second string linebackers coming in. Hell, you have new cornerbacks, new safeties that I haven't even recognized before this week coming in and having an impact, man. So before we get into the positions, I think the Dolphins might have um, made a good investment by paying Vic Fangio. Yeah, they, they definitely made the right choice there. And I just like the way this defense is starting to come together. I think um, I have written down, they only gave up 10 first downs, 186 total yards. You probably said all that. And I was, you know, just zoned nope, out. You nailed it. Nice. Fewest rushing yards allowed this preseason. Um, fewest points allowed since August 9th, 2013 for Jacksonville. So a bunch of firsts for this Dolphins defense. But I mean, the fact that we wanted to see these teams come out there and try to run the football and uh, I mean, for the most part, they stymied that. And your boy, Brandon, okay, we're not going to talk about positions yet. But, yeah, man, glad they paid Vic Fangio, hoping that no teams are watching and tr- going to try to poach him for even more than that $4.5 million that he's making as a coordinator. You know, and if you want to look at it this way, too, Damian Pierce, six carries for 15 yards. He also had a long of seven. So if you really want to say five carries for eight yards, that sounds even better because, you know, I know a lot of people like to take the best thing someone did and just take it out of the equation. If he wasn't awesome this one time, he would have been terrible, Josh. How about that one? Uh, But overall, a great performance, only 154 receiving yards allowed. Uh, One final thing, Josh, we'll start getting into the position battles here just a little bit, but... Could this Dolphins defense struggle maybe against these mobile quarterbacks? They didn't have any quarterback hits. They didn't have any sacks against neither C.J. Stroud or Davis Mills. Uh, that's a good question. And given our history, I mean, I, I was going to say yes, because, I mean, every time we play a mobile quarterback, yeah, it seems like Justin Fields is the most recent uh, yeah. memory that just still. Lamar, you know, I mean, the list goes yeah, on and on. It, it's been yeah, terrible. Geno Smith, Tyron <laughs> <laughs> The list goes oh on. EJ Manuel, I think he even took our souls at one point. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about it. But at the same time, I, I like the way these linebackers are coming together, whether it be Channing Tindall um, playing later in the game, you know, making some plays. And David Long Jr., we talked about him flashing all over the place. I mean, you're going to rely on those guys to come down and make those tackles and prevent those, you know, two-dimensional quarterbacks from getting out of the pocket and taking off. So, yeah, I, I'm a little queasy about it. But I think I think this Vic Fangio defense, they're up to the task. Yeah, David Long was actually solid in coverage too. And this is just such a – fresh group, fresh defensive experience where I think they will be a little better against those mobile quarterbacks. Josh, looking at it big picture, looking at David Long and the starting linebacker group, how are you feeling about it? Because not only did David Long Jr. look awesome, but I was reading some quotes before the game, specifically Emmanuel Agba. This is someone who, what, since coming to Miami, I think he had 18 sacks in his first two seasons, maybe even, might have been eight and a half each of them. So 
17, somewhere between 17 and 19 sacks in each of his two seasons. But now he's someone who's dropping back into coverage occasionally on a play-by-play basis. So how do you feel about this group as the season approaches and the flexibility they can have, especially if David Long can stay out there and be on the field the majority of the time? As ecstatic as you can be without Jalen Ramsey, I guess would be the answer I have. I mean, this defense on paper looks great. The versatility that all these guys have. You mentioned Emmanuel Agba, man. The fact that he's dropping back in coverage. Are, are we going to be seeing Jalen Phillips dropping back in coverage, Josh Boyer style then too at some point? I, I, he didn't I look know. bad. That was one of those things where like you don't want it. It was like having – I think I'd rather have like a Jalen Phillips drop into coverage compared to like Cam Wake. Because when I saw that, that's when I started to lose my mind that this should not be happening. Yeah, and I get it in certain situations. But, yeah, man, I'm excited for this group, the units from top to bottom. You have David Long out there. As long as those hammies or whatever, the rubber bands, whatever uh, Mike Vrabel called them, can hold up. I mean, I think this defense is going to take the next step. And um, we owe it all to Vic Fangio. We owe it all to these players going out there and busting their ass off. I mean, we got a lot of versatile pieces. So excited to see the way it all comes together. You're talking about that defensive line a little bit, Jake. we got to give Brandon Peely his flowers. I mean, you mm-hmm. talked about him on our Acorn episode. He looks like he's the only, you know, nose tackle behind Raquan Davis on the roster as of now, he looked pretty damn impressive in this one. So um, you add that depth piece to, you know, Raquan taking the next step, the other guys in those de- that defensive line. Yeah, man, good things are coming. And that defensive line just makes everyone so much better, and that's why you can overcome an injury like a Jalen Ramsey. And Josh, how about this? Channing Tindall for the second straight week had a pretty nice performance. Uh, no receptions allowed on two targets. Uh, one stop against the run. He played 21 snaps and was Miami's second highest rated player on defense. I mean, it's looking like it's all coming together for the second year guy. Yeah, I'm going I'm to stop listening to naysayers. I know I'm one of them, but there are people on Twitter that were, you know, talking about reports that he was on his way out this year right after we heard Mike McDaniel um, at the beginning of the season talking about how he expected a big jump. So we're seeing Channing Tindall own this defense. Uh, I shouldn't say own because there are obviously guys in, uh, above him on the depth chart and things like that, but he's really starting to look like the player you saw in college. He took some reps off the, you know, rushing the passer as well. You mentioned those pass breakups. That's the stuff that gets me excited. We've not had a linebacker that can cover in, you know, a while. I mean, Jerome Baker can do it a little bit. We saw it a little bit with maybe Duke Riley, but we don't have those guys that can cover real well. David Long had some pass breakups. You're seeing Channing Tindall do it. I'm excited to see what he can continue to do, and I think that it's uh, safe to say he's going to be on that 53-man roster. Going into year two, I mean, I think we have to feel pretty great about Chris Greer's draft class last year, right? Skylar Thompson, another three touchdowns of the preseason, doing enough to show he can be a backup quarterback as a former seventh-round pick. And then when you add in Channing Tindall and Nick Azucoma, man, you got to be really happy with the progress because there's this huge fear when you don't play in year one, right? Like, are you ever going to see the field? Is this going to be something where you just kind of got to put your head down and really focus? Because if those doubts come in, man, I, I think it's, it's not as simple as you just let them sit in the oven for a year and then they come out ready to go and, and hit the field running. Yeah, we got real scared with Tyndall because he was supposed to be the spy. I think it was in that Bears game against Justin Field at times. Mm-hmm. I think there was five snaps I have a video of that haunts me to this day. So it's nice to see him, you know, taking that next step in his career. And hopefully this is, you know, the light bulb came on and this Vic Fangio defense is perfect for him. When was the last, like, stud linebacker the Dolphins had? Uh, it, what? Stud is, is a bit of a bit of a loose word. Yeah, you can't like, ask Carlos me that. Dansby, like yeah, Carlos Car- Dansby, Carlos ish, Dansby. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like Zach Thomas just made the Hall of Fame, but I'm not even saying like we need that. But I'm just trying to think the last time this defense was built in a way where like the linebacker really starred because that hasn't been the way for like ten years. It felt like it felt like that middle of the field has been such a big weakness for the group. I'm really 
really looking forward to how thick Fangio puts this group together where it isn't Geno Smith running over to the other be into the red zone or into the end zone, I should say, in like week 17 of the regular season. You just see a different attitude at this group. And I go back to the idea of if this is the dress rehearsal top to bottom, you just see the depth on this Dolphins defense to hold the Texans to just three points, man. It's just pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it really is, and I think you're right with the Carlos Dansby uh, going back that long. It's been, I was going to say Kiko Alonso, but I know I'd probably get shit for that. I mean, I I, I enjoyed Kiko Alonso. Moments. He had, yeah, 100 tackles, and he was on the wrong sideline at him. one point. I liked him, but I guess that's not the stud that we're looking for at all. So, yeah, man, his defense continues to impress, and I know it's preseason, but if they can go out next week and do the same thing with some of these guys on the, you know, the roster bubble going out there, shutting down, you know, then you start to look and realize it's the scheme. There's tons of depth. Bubble wrap everyone. Just simulate the next week and get us to the regular season with the roster we have. Last question we have, Josh, to wrap up the day. How do you feel about this cornerback battle right away, man? If you just want to be a box score watcher and you want to be Mr. Doom and Gloom, both Noah Igbenogny and Cater Co., who were targeted twice, both allowed receptions. Yeah, man, I, I really don't know if we can box score watch that, but at the end of the day, I mean, those two guys are competing for those spots that are open now right with Jalen Ramsey out I still hope Cam Smith can come up there and you know get some reps in and and, and be himself again but I think Cater Coe who's probably best suited for the nickel that's where they probably envisioned him playing and then I guess you're going to start knowing Benogany on the outside right unless Eli Apple can go out there and have the game of his he life looked all right, I yeah think. and he's a veteran I mean those guys you know they know more than a lot of people have forgot about the game. So I always try to give them a, a little bit of an advantage when it comes to these things. And we still hope Nick Needham should be coming back, right? Any any day now or rumors? Is it at a point, do we need to see him active soon to have any hope that he's um playing to begin the season or active week one, I should say? Probably. And then that, I mean, if he's healthy, then that throws a, you know, a wrench into everything, right? Or not a wrench. It's a good problem to have. You got to decide if you want Cater on the outside, then Needham at nickel where he's played so well or vice versa, because both of those guys have versatility and the same with cam Smith. So um, I, yeah, I, it's battles that are going to go down to the wire and this is what camp's all about, right? Diamonds are made under pressure. My friend diamonds are made under pressure. Uh, I meant Eli Apple looked really comfortable. And for some reason I always forget he's, he's kind of a hitter. Like he can go out there and kind of, uh, Lace Wood hit that hit stick, man. And, and I think he'd actually be pretty interesting and it's worth bringing up. I mean, it, it's hard because he's so great. There's nothing really to say. Savian Howard looked good. I think he had a strong pass breakup. I think he allowed one reception. Yeah. But overall, man, that quarterback room, especially when Jalen Ramsey gets back, is going to be looking absolutely awesome. Yeah, can't wait. Can't, hope hope that's sooner than later. I mean, I don't know what the latest is on his rehab, but hopefully he's out there. But that pass breakup by X, I mean, he was kind of sitting back. I mean, you can see the way this defense lets him read and react and how quick he is to close on that ball. I know it was Noah Brown and it was the preseason, but it was a hell of a pass breakup. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Still good for the highlights, man. That's important. It still goes on that uh, resume, that highlight film, and that tape. Josh, how does it feel? Does it feel like we're getting to that regular season vibe? Does it feel like we're getting ready for week one against the Chargers? Do you feel prepared? No, no, I don't feel prepared no. at all. I had a four-year-old, my four-year-old's birthday parties yesterday, so I don't, even, I really didn't feel that prepared for for us doing this. Oh, how this was po- it? Did oh, you have it fun? Was, yeah, it was good. It was, it was very good. There was a pinata, and uh, well, we ate pizza. Lots of toys that we had to pick up all the wrappers for, and all that. Sh- Any Legos? Boxes. Any cool Legos? No, no cool Legos. Not this time. No cool Legos. But yeah, man, I, I think it's, it's crazy. It does not feel like the season's approaching. In what three weeks? We were three weeks away from the season as we're recording this. Doesn't feel like that. So I, I can't wait because um, it's going to change how we feel throughout our everyday life now, right? <laughs> we gave, we're giving everything to the Dolphins moving forward. And two, let, let's just talk about it real quick. It's going to be the worst thing ever. After the Dolphins play next week, right? There is that week off between the start of the season and the end of the preseason, dude. It's going to be torture. It's going to feel like the longest week of your entire life. We do get college that week, though, right? They at least are smart enough to let us have college. I mean, I don't know how into college football you are. Every year I say I'm going to, you know, watch so much more than the year previous, and then I remember I have three kids and do a podcast with you that we're recording pretty much every day now. So, um, yeah, man, season's approaching, and I got to ask you, are you still feeling really good about this team? I know we had a couple scares. Well, one was – it was legit. You know, Jalen Ramsey was a little more than a scare, but how are you feeling? Are you still feeling like this team's – gonna contend a juggernaut got might win the afc east as weird as it sounds i was a a hint queasy after that week one game of the preseason just how the offense just nobody played right none of your stars played but there was still that little bit of doubt just because everyone's gonna panic about it all week um but that 96 year drive whatever it was on 14 plays that really put to rest any of those issues and you can tell that this is a group that isn't just going to say the, you know, F it, Tyreek's down there somewhere, F it, Waddle's down there somewhere. This is a group that there's a plan in place. And I think, Josh, Raheem Moster is starting to lean towards that um, official RB1. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on that before we close things out here because uh, he just looks so great. We haven't seen a lot of Jeff Wilson, and I think he's going to be a great number two, a great player to have. Uh, but, man, Raheem Moster just looks like that, a, a different monster out there. Yeah, he really does. I mean, Salvin Ahmed's probably the only one that's kind of played in that backfield, at least in preseason, you know, has really went up to that performance of what we've seen on Raheem Mostert. I mean, he clearly looks like the RB1, so uh, hopefully you stash him on a bunch of fantasy teams, and I know I did on a few because at one point, remember, everyone had Jeff Wilson right there, and Jeff Wilson was in a jersey last week, right? I don't think he suited up. I think you're right. I think you're right. But, man, we got one more preseason game left and then it all becomes official i know everyone's getting ready for their fantasy draft soon so we'll have some fantasy content this week we'll be back with some midweek updates the dolphins are done with joint practices but that doesn't mean our reporters won't be there we'll get some quotes and we'll see how this team is shaping up as we get closer to the regular season but that is it that's all the time we have thank you all for joining us and until next time fins up fins up